Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Michael Zizas, Head of Public Policy Research and Municipal Strategy for Morgan Stanley. And I'm Ellen Zentner, Chief U.S. Economist. And on this special edition of the podcast, we'll be talking about the impact of the coronavirus on not only the global economy, but the U.S. economy and what may come next as the Fed and policymakers aim to deliver coordinated stimulus. It's Wednesday, March 18th at noon Eastern Time. Ellen, I want to get into some of the items left in the toolkit for the Fed and the U.S. government. But first, maybe you could set the stage with the road ahead for the U.S. economy. What do you think the rest of 2020 could look like? I tell you, the way things feel right now, it's a little difficult to get beyond what they might look like just over the next uh, uh, month or two. I tell uh, our clients, you know, we just don't know how much economic activity will be squashed from the social distancing measures um, as those deepen across the U.S. You know, I I often get asked, will this look like a, will it be a V-shape rebound, a U-shape, an L-shape? And I can tell you at the very least that the, the letter V just isn't in my vocabulary right now. I have to go back and think to what I think the average household in the U.S. would would uh, act like on the back of such a sudden shock and something that we've not had to deal with before. And I just don't think that uh, on day one, we jump back in the water. Uh, I think we first walk up to the edge and we stick our toes in the sand and wiggle them around and get them wet a bit and then kind of walk slowly in to that. And we're looking for a lot of fiscal and monetary policy support. So Mike, you know, a lot of headlines coming out on what Congress is doing here. Is this going to be a big stimulus package? What can be in it? What's going to get left on the cutting room floor? You know, what are the key debates that are going on in Congress right now uh, when they think about what kind of stimulus we might get? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear at this point that Congress is going for a big stimulus. And it seems like with every passing headline, they're going bigger and bigger. And I think this this is important because this was an open question just a couple of weeks ago. It was not when they would do a stimulus, but if. Now we think it's really a question of when and how big. And I think you've got to do two things. Uh, stimulus has to, I think, first and foremost, make it clear that no one's going out of business because of social distancing and other things. Now, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic in saying that, but what I mean is that there's really no moral hazard in the idea that people need help. They need their bank accounts not to go to zero. Companies uh, and small businesses need their bank account not to go to zero. And the federal government has the ability to make sure that they do that in a variety of different ways. Subsidized loans, targeting liquidity through paid uh, expansion of paid leave, uh, measures like that. That's kind of the first prong. And then the second prong is making people believe in the V-shaped recovery. And that has to come from a substantial push of money into the economy, a substantial fiscal stimulus. And it's got to be big enough to sort of make people believe that, yes, while everyone is effectively sheltering in place and for reasons of safety, actively disengaging from the economy, then on the other side of this, there's enough capital built up that there's going to be more spending and therefore more reasons for businesses uh, to gear up for that spending. And it seems like there's plenty of signs that Congress, I'd say conceptually, uh, understands this. The latest proposals we've seen are north of $700 billion. The administration's last proposal was over a trillion. And you know, with, with kind of technical discrepancies aside, 
more or less encompasses all the factors that we discussed. So we've seen airlines come out with one voice asking for help from Congress. And of course, airlines are not the only industry being impacted here. Walk us through what Congress did to support industries back in the financial crisis versus what we could see out of Congress today. Yeah, well, you touch on an important point. I think there's really two things that make the politics on this easier than during the financial crisis. One is there was the appearance of moral hazard that companies or individuals, uh, if they were aided, would be incentivized to behave in a certain way in the future. And that doesn't seem to be the case here. And two, the, the collapse of the OPEC plus agreement a couple of weeks ago probably catalyzed in the minds of uh, a number of different uh, congressional representations in different geographies around the country, places that make a lot of money off the oil and gas industry, that, that there was an economic problem that needed to be dealt with, even though it wasn't necessarily related to this. So that makes the politics easier. I don't think it is as hard a hurdle to clear. A few weeks ago, this might have seemed inconceivable, but politics change fast. And while Congress has not been good in the past at being proactive on fiscal stimulus, uh, we're clearly past the point of being proactive. We're at the point where the real economic impacts are visible. And there, Congress does have a decent track record of uh, fiscal stimulus. Four out of the last seven uh, recessions, for example, have had a fiscal response like this. Obviously, we think fiscal policy is really important here, and it's probably because we also think it really wouldn't make sense for the Fed to try and go it alone here. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, Fiscal policy and monetary policy have to act in concert here. So as you talk about on the fiscal policy side, we can provide support to small businesses, industries. We can put money in the pockets of consumers. But on the monetary policy side, you've got to be sure that the cost of funding uh, remains low, that credit markets are functioning, and that liquidity is ample. Isn't it just really the case that the Fed might be really good at liquefying the market here and making sure things are orderly, but not necessarily making sure that people and small businesses that are going to undergo acute cash flow stress have the money that they need? So I think you're exactly right. For monetary policymakers, it's important to understand that the support that we're getting on the fiscal policy side uh, can help keep the unemployment rate from rising as high as it might have otherwise because it keeps less businesses from shutting their doors permanently. And in terms of the money that we're able to funnel into the pockets of households, when would that get spent? Because taken all together, that helps shape the outlook for the Fed as they view it and helps them think about how long they need to keep monetary policy extraordinarily accommodative. Great talking to you again, as always. Look forward to us continuing to work on this together. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please take a moment to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. It helps more people find the show. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.